Ladies and gentlemen, now is the time for the host with no filter and the millennial who keeps him in check. Get ready for the stories that matter to you. It's Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro and Jamie D. All right. What's up, everybody? It is Monday. Thank you so much for joining us on Pushing the Limits. We've got so much to get to today. Alongside my co-host, Jamie D. Jamie, what's going on, my man? Well, hold on. We don't have your mic on. Jamie, I've heard that from the ladies. You have a limp. <laughs> you have a limp mic. Oh, trust me. That's the only thing little about me. But what's up, Brian? <laughs> what's going on, Great man? start to the week. How are you? How was your weekend? It was good, actually. Yeah. It was very filled, okay, with a lot of activities, especially starting off oh. with our Sapphire yeah. event. That was yeah, awesome. That was, that was a great time Friday. Yeah. We had uh, a bunch of UFC fighters showed up in, in the cabana there. That, that was <laughs> uh, We had a former NBA players, UFC fighters, some current, mm-hmm. We had uh, media influencers, uh, yep. social media influencers. Uh, man, we had comedians. We had politicians. Yep. If you want to talk about a great group that showed up to Sapphire, that was a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to get into my weekend a little bit with you. But just to go get down the rundown, we're going to talk a little Britney Grinder today, too. Uh, she made some comments over the weekend that are just so outrageously ridiculous. I'll get to that. <laughs> We've got someone, you know, I've been in radio 20 years here, and I've never interviewed Shelly Berkeley before, the former congresswoman who is now running for mayor of Las Vegas. So mm-hmm. she's going to be joining us in studio here nice. at the bottom of the hour. I'm really looking forward to talking to her. Um, some people call her a far lefty. Mm. Uh, I'm going to uh, let her answer that and talk about all the issues facing uh the city of Las Vegas, the state of Nevada, and of course, as a former congresswoman for I think 13 or 14 years, mm-hmm. she certainly is going to have some opinions on uh, the Donald Trump era, right. where the Republican Party's at, and where the Democrat Party's at. Does Shelley Berkeley want Joe Biden to run again in 2024? I right. promise you, I'm going to ask her that and more. What Yay. a crazy sports day yesterday. I would say yesterday was maybe the most entertaining sports day in general that I have seen maybe in my lifetime. Why do I say that? Game 7s, NHL, NBA. Steph Curry scores 50. Let me repeat that. Game 7 on the road. Steph Curry scored 50. He went crazy. We're going to talk about that later in the show. The top two seeds in the NHL both lose at home in Game 7s. Are you effing kidding me? The <laughs> the Bruins and the Avalanche lose in Game 7 at home. Uh, I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm mesmerized, uh, so uh, perplexed. So we'll talk about that uh, later on in the program as well. So, Jamie, i got to start off by uh, sharing a, a sad story. Uh, well, it's not that sad. It's kind of funny. That's why I'm talking about it. But, mm-hmm. you know, I have been di- diagnosed with very po- bad attention deficit disorder. Mm, mm. I know what you're thinking. Not erectile dysfunction. Ah! Attention. I don't have a problem there, thank God. You, uh, you said it. I mean. uh, so my doctor, t- and, you know, I talk about my personal life on the show all the time. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, my doctor wanted to prescribe me. Uh, Adderall. Mm. Now, Adderall is a stimulant, and I've been told it could be safe, but it's also addictive. And I'm like, you know what? I don't think I want to try that. Let me try something else. I'm hanging out with a lady friend of mine on Friday. Very nice girl. And uh, she made the suggestion, why don't we go to a dispensary, Mm. right? And I've smoked weed a few times in my life, and, Mm. you know, it relaxed me a little bit. Smoked it, okay? Mm -hmm. So we got got there, and we got, what do you call it? Not the thing, the vape. Yeah, so we got a vape, which I've never vape. I've never done that before. Why would you get a vape? Well, she suggested it, and you know, get into my system a little faster. I don't know. And we bought something called Purple Z Skittles. Uh, don't know how potent it is. I don't know. So anyway, we buy it. wasn't that expensive. wasn't too bad. We we go back to a safe area. <laughs> 
And why do you have uh, to say it like that? Well, it's not like I was doing drugs in a, like a back alley somewhere. You, you know? sure? Uh, no, I wasn't doing it like on Fremont Street. I wanted to do it in a safe area because I'd never done it before. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know this, but I guess, you know, you probably should only take one drag to start, especially mm-hmm. with a vape. I did like four or five. Oh, my gosh. Um, I was coughing a lot. And then after a couple minutes, the coughing subsided. Five minutes, maybe 10 maximum. I'm lying down. And all of a sudden, I start to get like an anxiety attack. And my heart starts pumping like crazy. Mm-mm. And I'm a little bit claustrophobic, and it had that sort of feeling like, oh, my God, am I going to die type feeling. I was bugging out, but not in a good way. Um, so this happened to me one other time in my life when I took uh, – <laughs> nice music. When I took um, edible. I took an edible, and I, and I felt the same type of feeling. It was very awful. Mm. So the best thing you can do, I guess, is close your eyes and focus on your breathing. I was doing that for like an hour while this girl is like rubbing my back and trying to make me feel better. Um, and I got to tell you, I tried to force myself to go to sleep. Uh, it was a horrible feeling for like an hour or two. I finally fall asleep. And I woke up the next day. This was Saturday, and I still wasn't feeling good. I, I didn't eat all day. I didn't feel good. I did play a little bit of poker. I got to tell you, it was the most calm I've ever been at the poker table. Uh, and it was really scary. So I finally said to myself over the weekend, I said, okay, Brian, mm-hmm. we're not going to do any legal drugs or illegal. <laughs> uh, we're not going to drink. I don't drink anyway. Wait, so pause. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. Brian, hold on. Yes. Take a ahead. step back. I'm trying to I'm trying to listen to you and I'm trying to Google because I'm gonna be honest, I don't smoke weed. I don't do any type of recreational drugs. The only thing that I will do is liquor. <laughs> do, okay. but uh partaking is drinking liquor. Yes. And so you're saying that you got a suggestion from a lady friend to try yes. weed to yes. help with your ADHD. Correct. And you believe that it actually made it worse. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I thought I was going to die. My heart was, was, was going so fast. And yeah, I thought I was going to die. It was horrible. So you, you do know that weed affects everybody differently, correct? Also. Okay, but here's the thing, though. I've smoked weed before and I was fine. Vaping and smoking are two different things. Well, so it, I don't know. I'm not so an expert on here, marijuana. I, I'm not either. So I'm just going to read what I Googled. <laughs> it says that the study demonstrates that cannabis vaping could be more harmful harmful than nicotine vaping in terms of inducing lung inflammation. Oh, great. Pul- preliminary barrier integrity disruption and lung damage. Okay, well, Jamie, here's the deal. And you said that you had issues with breathing. Yeah. So Brian, you could have Jamie, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm never going to vape anything ever again for the rest oh of my, my life. Oh my gosh, you do know they're trying to ban vapes, right? Okay, I'm not going to do marijuana ever again. I'm just done with it. Okay? <laughs> well, so my thing is there is medical marijuana. You have to actually look at that versus trying to go to a dispensary I'm just not the, I'm just not the kind of smoke weed. I'm very... Uh, listen, <clears throat> the best thing I can do is eat better and exercise. On top of that, too, That's I, don't know, I don't know why... I agree with that. I'm, a, I'm whole... Wholeheartedly on that side of your statement. But I don't even know why your friend would tell you to go to a weed store and get some type of vape pen that has this crazy, ridiculous well, name listen, that doesn't even like listen. it's not even the same thing as regular weed. Like, come line, on. The bottom line is it's fine and she's going to make it up to me. It's all good. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's how my weekend went. I played a little bit of poker. Yesterday was a very relaxation, uh, relaxing day at the pool. Got a little bit of sun, even though you can't see it in my face. That's for sure. I'm Casper, the front I'm ghost. surprised. Do you tan or do you burn? I burn, man. I no, burn. You, you obviously didn't burn you're this me, You're giving me anxiety <laughs> with the marijuana music. Um, but it was a very eventful weekend. Some good, some not so good, but it was very relaxing. You know who else it was a very eventful weekend for? Ooh. Brittany Griner. 
Yes. Um, so as you know, training camp started over the weekend for the WNBA. We all know what Brittany Griner went through in Russia, uh, even though she didn't deserve to be treated that way. And I'm glad she's home because I'm not, you know, a racist, homophobic pig like so many people on the right seem to be these days when it comes to Brittany Griner, especially. But I think Brittany Griner is a complete idiot and an imbecile. And she proved it to me once again. What she did in Russia was stupid. But her comments over the weekend about transgenders in professional sports are some of the dumbest comments I've ever heard a professional athlete make, man or woman, in my life. I'm going to play it for you. Mm. This is the moment where Brittany Griner is specifically talking about the new bill that Joe Biden passed mm. um, and talking about transgenders, born men transitioned into a woman in organized sport. Could be high school, could be college or NBA. Listen to what Brittany Griner said about this. It's unbelievable. Have a listen to this. Everyone deserves the right to play. Everyone deserves the right to to come here, sit in these seats, and feel safe, and not feel um, like there's a threat or they can't be who they are, or um, like like it's just all eyes on them. Uh, so um, I think it's a crime, honestly, to to separate um, someone for any reason. Um, so I definitely will be speaking up against against those that legislation and those laws that are trying to be passed for sure. Okay, you idiot. If you don't want people to be separated, why don't you try playing with LeBron James in the NBA, you fool? <laughs> there's a reason why there's the NBA and the WNBA. Hmm. Because WNBA players can't play in the NBA. Why is it that NBA players don't play in the WNBA? Because it would be unfair to the women in the WNBA, you idiot. That's number one. Number two, uh, she talks about being safe. You, you bumbling fool, you, Brittany Griner, you bumbling fool. You think it's safe for people born men transition into women to fight against women in the MMA or boxing and martial arts or be football players? You fool. You idiot. This is why people use the term woke. This is why people on the right have ammunition because of idiots like Brittany Griner. She is an idiot. If you don't think people should be separated, Brittany, then why don't you play in the NBA Summer League and let's see how that works out for you because you won't get any playing time, you won't be able to score, and you will suck. <laughs> I cannot Brian. believe that she called it criminal. She Brian. called it a crime. Let me ask Brittany Griner a question because I'm sure the idiots in that press conference were afraid to. Why is it that Leah Thomas, as a male college swimmer, was ranked 440th in the country? And then when she decided to say that she was a woman, by the way, didn't have any surgery. She just calls herself a woman, but that's here nor there. She's number one in the country. Why is that? Is that just a coincidence? No, because anybody with a brain uh, IQ level over 20 understands that if you're born a man, transitioned into a woman, whether you get the full surgery or not, you have a tremendous physical advantage over a woman. Mm. Does Brittany Griner not know that? Is, could she possibly be that stupid? Could she be that stupid? So, Brian, why are you going so hard on this lady? Because she deserves it. Okay. She's a fool. Okay, okay. I, I agree with you, Brian, that obviously trans people shouldn't be in specific sports if they're not their actual gender biologically but 
I don't think her full message was wrong. She's just trying to say that at the end of the day, she doesn't want trans people to feel like they can't play in sports. She doesn't want trans people to feel like they're segregated from playing and competing in sports in general. And she doesn't want them to feel like they're seen as a threat. Now, I do, I do agree that her message is pretty diluted in a sense where it's like, okay, well, what's your solution? Because if we're going to sit here and talk about how we want people to feel safe, how we want people to feel included, how do we do that? And we're not talking about that solution. That's the issue. Is it criminal? Uh, I feel like that's a very touchy, touchy word to use. No, it's but not. It's 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 not criminal, but we can't eliminate their space either. Okay, I don't I don't believe that they should be playing in the same sports that they are not actually that's a biological gender. About. Yes, yeah, but they should. My thing is, if you're gonna have these 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 thought points, you should also have solutions. And my issue with Brittany is that she's she what well, that you're not also. I'm sorry. Pause. My issue with you that you're not understanding is that Brittany is a part of the LGBT. LGBTQIA plus community, and she's just trying to stick up for her fellow community members. However, if you're going to stick up for them, also have true facts that can help out your community okay. because you're not really helping them out by just saying that they, they this is a crime. So let me respond to what you just said. First of all, I don't care whether she's gay or straight. She's wrong. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, just because you're transgender doesn't mean you're part of the LGBTQ community. So that's also what I would say. What number do you mean? Two. Uh, just because you're transgender doesn't mean you're gay. Uh, number three. But, wait, T, T, T stands for trans. You know that, right? Okay. But if there are transgender people that would not call themselves well, gay. Well, th- 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 that has um, nothing to do with being gay or not. T okay. Well, you brought the up the fact that Britney's gay. <laughs> and so, I'm saying, I, hold on. So let me just say this. It doesn't matter whether she's gay or straight in my opinion. Yeah. My opinion is very simple. You know what's a threat? What's a threat? And by the way, I am specifically talking about transgenders, people born men, transitioning to women or they Mm. claim that think it's okay for them to compete against other biological women so that's specifically what i'm talking about and that's why Mm -hmm. joe biden passed this bill Mm. um so she's she's a fool um so can you can you you explain the bill to some of our listeners specifically what it means sure so joe biden passed something that is very um up in the air Mm. uh he basically is leaving it up to the states and the verbiage Mm. in this bill basically said we don't want to discriminate against transgenders which by the way Mm. i agree with 100 percent. i'm not transphobic Mm. i think you know that and anybody listening to the show Mm. knows i I want people to be who they are i don't care whether you're gay straight i don't care who you are right Mm. but what he put in here was the states have to have some responsibility and it's up to the states Mm. But we need an equal playing field and we want it to be safe. Yeah. Now, obviously, yeah. what's going on with Leah Thomas is not fair mm. and it's not an equal playing field. If you have people born men transition to women that are competing in Division One college sports, high school sports or professional, that's completely unfair. Mm. And Brittany Griner is talking about this bill. I don't want people to be discriminated against. But guess what? If you're born a man transition to a woman. Mm. You're discriminating against the other women on the court or on the field. Mm -hmm. So if you want to have your own league for transgenders, what have you, Mm -hmm. no problem. In fact, I'll even take it a step further. If you are born a woman biologically, transitioning to a man, you can, if you think you can compete with other men, go for it. I have no problem with that. I still think that's, uh, that's a very contradicting thought that you have that, why is it okay for a woman transitioning to a man to be 
facing off against other men, but a man transitioning to a woman is not okay to face off. Very I think, simple. I think if you're going to have a fair playing field, you should be fair on all sides, and you shouldn't be trying to say one can do something that the other can't. If you're going to say one can do something, that, then the other per- other side should be able to do it as well. So I feel like you should yeah. really think so about that thought this because is about that's the, kind of unfair. No, uh, to me, it, it unfair is somebody <clears throat> who is born a man transitioning to a woman that competes with other women. So but why, reason, why, here's why, why. You, okay. I'll explain. Um, when you're most people that play sports would tell you that if you're born a woman transitioning to a man, you're not going to have an advantage over biological men physically. Mm-hmm. But most people would also tell you, and this is, I think this is a very logical take. If you're born a man transitioning to a woman, you are going to have a physical advantage. If I don't think, and most people don't think that you're going to have a physical advantage by transitioning, then I have no problem with you trying to compete with men. That's why I say when you're born Wait, a woman. So you said you don't think they're, they're going to have a physical advantage? If you're born a woman biologically yeah. and you're attempting to or already have transitioned to a man, yeah. I think most people would agree you're not going to have an advantage over men. But, but you are going to have a disadvantage, which is the same thing that well, you're talking about as I don't, biological I, women facing off against so biological I men don't, <clears throat> who I, are in the process right. of transitioning. So I, ag- I agree with you. I wouldn't do it. Now, I'm not transitioned either. Right. But I'm trying to get you to understand that you need to stand on your point of if one is not allowed to do something, do something the other shouldn't be able to either. So, you're going to look, you're gonna look so like a hypocrite the, with here's your Here's the difference. Here's the difference. You're not giving the biological woman a say. If you're born a woman attempting to transition into a man it's only your how should i put this it's your decision if you're and the other men are not going to have you know a disadvantage the only, i agree with you the only person that could have a disadvantage would be that transgender individual i agree with you uh-huh. that's the the difference in, in my opinion when you're born a man transition to a woman you're going to have an advantage over most women in professional sports, college sports, so, and all organized sports. Let me ask you this then. What makes one right and what makes the other one wrong? Because well, that's, that's what you're not clarifying. In a clarifying. perfect world, I would want neither to happen. In so a then why don't, you world. Stick, why don't you stick on that opinion then? Because it is a big advantage one side and not the other. Right. So why don't you stick on the opinion that no transgender should go against a biological gender, well, period? In a perfect world, I, I would have no problem with that. All I'm simply saying is if you think you can compete with men, and you're a biological woman, trans, transgender. Uh, I have no problem with but you, you seeing sound, if you can. Do you not sound how like? Do you not no, hear how you sound hypocrite? No, because there's two, they're two completely <clears throat> different. Why, Jamie? Let me ask you a question. Why is it that we see some of these transgender women competing with women, but we haven't seen any transgender men competing with? Why, why do you think that is? What do you mean we haven't seen that? Can you find me somebody that was I'd born a woman, transitioned to a man that is competing with men at the college division one level or pro? The answer is none. You couldn't find anybody. And if you did, I'd be very surprised. And there's a reason for that. And the reason for that is because they know they would be at a disadvantage. And uh, there's a big advantage for somebody. So you, pers- route. You, you personally believe that people are doing this. Transgender men are doing Transgender yeah. women, excuse me, yes. are doing this for selfish gain. Well, I look at Leah Thomas as a perfect example of what I am talking about. Again, she was ranked 440th as a man mm-hmm. when she, and then when she transitioned, she's all all of a sudden number one in the country. Mm-hmm. Why else would she do it? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you know, so yes, I think it is. Ex- yeah, I would. I would have to take more time to actually Google this. I don't have enough time. To Google okay, this well, moment, I can tell I will, you. I just want to. I want to leave because I know this. We're going to move on, but I want to say this, Brian. I would challenge you to think about your opinion because if you're going to say that one can do something and the other can't, you're gonna. You're not gonna. You are looking like a hypocrite because what's not 
working is the fact that you are with one side and you're against the other side. Two things can be true, but in that moment, so, two things can't be true. So I disagree <laughs> with you, and here's what I am against. I am against anybody claiming to be transgender that would have a huge advantage over everybody else, not an equal playing field. Mm. It's unfair. I want fairness. You should be allowed to do whatever you want with your body so mm. long as it's legal. I want you to live your life. I'm going to treat you like everybody else. Mm. But when you decide to be a transgender woman and mm. you think it's okay to compete against biological women, you are selfish mm. and, and and I'm sorry, it is unfair and it's mm. wrong. And what going back you to don't, you don't you don't call transgender men selfish or trying to go against biological men? Here's why what I do you don't call them. Here's why I don't. The reason why and there's a reason why What do you call them though? Oh, I'm I'm gonna tell you. Well they're they're transgenders as well, but here's here's why What do you call the other one selfish? So I'm calling a transgender selfish when they have an unfair advantage over you. everybody else. In my opinion, and again, I go back to what I said earlier, I think most people in sports would agree with me, man and woman. If you are a biological woman and you go through the transformation of being a transgender man, nobody would say, I don't believe, that you have an unfair advantage over biological men. I am talking about fairness. That is what I am talking about. And going back to what Brittany Griner said, because that's what started this whole thing. When Brittany Griner calls it a crime, I would ask Brittany Griner, why is she not an NBA player? If you don't want people separated, then do you? I would ask her, what do you think about Leah Thomas? Mm -hmm. 440th in the country as a man. Mm -hmm. And then competes against women and she's number one. Mm -hmm. I would ask Brittany Griner, is that criminal? Is that fair? And I would love to get her answer. Because is what criminal was not fair? Her going up against the people in the NBA? No. Uh, uh, Leah Thomas, as a man competing in swimming, as a biological man, okay. 440th in the country, and okay. then transitions to a woman. Okay. You know, and then transitioning to a woman, all of a sudden, is number one in the country. Mm. I would ask Brittany Griner, are you okay with that? That's a good question. Hey, I'm not, I'm not going to rebut anymore. I just, I just, I still just want you to understand that your statements is very hypocritical. And I don't think it is at all. <clears throat> that's fine. And we could agree to disagree because I would like to move on. However, I really want you to understand that if you're going to be on the side of supporting one, you have to also be on the side of supporting the other, especially if you're talking about being fair. I'm just using so, your words to, so to, to me, hold you accountable. To me, uh, it's about fairness. That's my entire opinion. Mm -hmm. If you're a biological woman transitioning to a man, nobody in their right mind would say you're going to have an advantage over other men. You're not wrong. Okay. Still. This is all about fairness. Yeah. I'm wrong in that statement. Uh, I think your other all about fairness. If you are a biological man transitioning to a woman and you want to compete against other women, mm. that is an unfair advantage and it's wrong. My whole opinion is based on fairness. Um, mm. I'm not transphobic. I want people to do what they want. I am pro LGBTQ community. I can't stand people that look down on other people because their sexuality is different. Mm -hmm. I can't stand people that look down on other people because they might be different than them. I hate it. Are you, would you not consider your, your comments on trans women not looking down on them, though? I'm not looking down on them at all. If they want to play sports, they have the right to play sports. But it is unfair for them to compete in organized sport against biological women. That is a fact. That's not an opinion. That's just a fact. And okay. Brittany Griner... If she doesn't, so, so what you're saying is you're talking about people in an independent 
sense versus talking about the community We're talking about organized sport. Mm -hmm. If transgenders, man or a woman, want to play at recess or just play in a fun league where it's not really Division I college or professional getting paid or high school organized sports, I have no problem with that at all. Have fun. Play any sport you want. But it is also dangerous when we're when we're talking about physical sports mm-hmm. and bio uh, you know born a man transition to a woman competing against other women it is unfair and it could be danger and now i me, find it interesting that britney grinder wants to use the word one safe question, because i know we're running out of time yeah you, you uh, maybe this may be two questions you just said that you you you'd be okay with them playing for fun right trans individuals as long as it's not organized sports hold on Hold on. But your solution earlier was that they should have their own organized sports, if it, correct? If you want to play in organized sport, yeah. that could be high school. Yeah. It could be college mm-hmm. or professional. Division one or not. Correct. Mm-hmm. That's organized sport. Mm-hmm. And it would need to be some sort of transgender league. And, but you're okay with that, to right? Be fair. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I want to make yeah. sure because one statement was that and the other statement was I, if you want to just play just to have fun. That's not organized sport. I, I hear yeah. you. But I want you to so, be clear in your opinion. For example, if there's a pickup game in a gym. Man or woman, I don't care. I'll play against anybody. Let's have some fun. That's not organized. I'm talking about high school sports, college sports, or any sport where as a professional you get Mm -hmm. paid. Um, And that's not transphobic. I'm just saying that Brittany Griner does not strike me as a very intelligent person. Um, She said some stupid things over the weekend. And if she doesn't want men and women to be mixed uh, you know, and separated, then I would ask Brittany Griner to please try out for the NBA. Why are there no women that play in the NBA? All due respect to WNBA players. There's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because of the physical attributes that men have compared to women. Mm-hmm. Um, so Brittany Griner is, is a hundred percent wrong. Her takes are completely ludicrous and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, and I am coming from somebody that I go on the attack for right wingers out there. Mm-hmm who seem to be obsessed with drag queens reading books to kids. They seem to constantly talk down to the trans community mm-hmm. uh, and whether it be the LGBT community. I, I hate it. Mm-hmm. And I, I out them every time. That is not what I am doing. I am talking about fairness. And this is a conversation that shouldn't even happen. It is such an absurd conversation. If you are one of those people out there in society that thinks you are, if you are born a man, transitioned to a woman, that you should be allowed to compete in organized sport against other women, then you are an idiot. And I really don't know what else to say, but we got to take a break. Um, always going to tell you how I feel. Uh, all right, Jamie, we got, we're going to have some fun coming back. Um, you know, it's interesting. I've been doing radio for 20 years, and I've never spoken to Shelley Berkeley before. And I'm really, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. A for, of course, a former congresswoman. She's been involved uh, in politics for a very, very long time. And now she has decided to officially put her hat in the ring uh, to possibly be the next mayor of Las Vegas. So this is very exciting. I'm really looking forward to speaking with Shelley Berkeley coming up next. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Hey, 
everybody. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment, and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement, and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Sapphire Pool and Day Club, the world's only topless gentleman's day club, introduces its 2023 pool season lineup with a bevy of beauties and social media celebrities throughout the summer who will all host alongside hundreds of Sapphire's topless poolside entertainers. Enjoy brunch in the sun with items like frittata-style omelets, stripping chicken, and French kiss toast before washing it down with signature summertime cocktails. Ten lines, beware, go bear! Ladies are welcome to go topless within the day club for the ultimate party. Guests can purchase affordable day bed packages, cabana packages, lounge chairs, and more. The best part, though? Pushing the Limits will be broadcasting shows every other Friday throughout the pool season with a ton of surprise celebrity guests. Wow! Reserve your spot now. For more info, visit sapphirepoollv.com or call 702-869-0003. That's 702-869-0003. See you at Sapphire. As a three-time international award-winning restaurant, Joe's New York Pizza uses only the freshest and best available ingredients. From giant slices of hand-tossed pie to calzones, strombolis, fingers, and wings, Joe's serves all your favorites. Stop in for a slice at one of their two Las Vegas locations at Paradise and Harmon or South Las Vegas Boulevard, or you can check out their menu at joesnewyorkpizzalv.com. The National Atomic Testing Museum is a national science, history, and educational institution that tells the story of America's nuclear weapons testing program at the Nevada test site. Located at 755 East Flamingo Road, just east of Paradise, the museum offers immersive, interactive experts for guests of all ages. The museum is Smithsonian certified and open seven days a week. For more information, visit nationalatomictestingmuseum.org. That's nationalatomictestingmuseum.org. 
When you bring your vehicle to Star Auto Care for Maintenance, you'll have a team of professionals at your service. Every one of our technicians has been factory trained and master status certified to ensure that you receive the highest quality and most effective service. Star Auto Care is located at 3540 East Tropicana Avenue, just east of Pecos. Star Auto Care is confident in their prices and will match any mechanic located within 20 miles. Bring your vehicle in today and let Star Auto Care give you the peace of mind you deserve when you service your car. Visit them online at starautocare.us. Whether you're a corporate executive, on a family vacation, or just passing through, St. George Inn & Suites will meet your specific needs. It's conveniently located near restaurants, shopping, and movie theaters. St. George Inn & Suites offers a variety of room types, two fabulous pools and jacuzzis, a fitness center, a free full hot buffet breakfast, and laundry facilities. To make your booking, call 435-673-6661 or book online at stgeorgeinnhotel.com. You need to stop in Southern Utah? Make that stop at St. George Inn & Suites. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Monday. Thank you so much for joining us. He's Jamie D. I'm Brian Shapiro. As you know, it's interesting because I don't agree with a lot of Republicans today, but I get more Republicans on my show than Democrats, you know, because I'm usually debating them and getting after it. But I, I haven't perfect. I haven't interviewed a lot of Democrats lately. I think the last one I interviewed was, was Stephen Horsford when he came in studio. But uh, lovely lady we have in studio right now. Uh, of course, you know her as a former uh, congresswoman. Uh, for many years, and now she has decided to put her name in the ring, so to speak, in the hat, uh, to be possibly the next mayor here in Las Vegas. I'm talking about Shelly Berkeley, who's joining us right now in studio. Shelly, thank you so much for being here. Good to see you. How are you? Thank you so much for inviting me to come. I'm of delighted. Course. So let me ask you this, and thank you so much for being here. I cannot believe I've never interviewed you before. I, feel I like know. I, I feel like I've interviewed like everybody, um, but I appreciate you being here. Um, tell me this to start. Why did you decide to run for mayor. Why do you want to be mayor? Um, it's a position that I have always um, aspired to. Uh, when we first moved to town in 1963, um, Oren Gregson was mayor of Las Vegas. And I remember as a young girl watching this man on television and seeing how much he did for the city when the city was very, very small. And just thinking that I could make a contribution. My time with Toro is coming to an end. I'm, I will have been there on June 30th when I retire for almost 10 years. And I, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? What is my passion? Right. My passion is public service. I love to serve my fellow man. And this is the perfect yeah. office. You could work all day, work all night and sleep in your own bed. That's true. And for me, that is a blessing after going back and forth to DC for yes. 14 years. So that, yeah. that is the reason I, I love the city. Gotcha. It means a lot to me. We're four generations of my family here already and I, I'm just very anxious to do what I can to take the city to the next level. Sure and I want to talk about that maybe in the second segment I want to get more localized with you but I mm -hmm. want to start with some national issues. You're a former congresswoman, mm -hmm. you know all the players, you've been doing this a long time. What do you make of this era that we are in? It, it appears to me that we are more divided politically yeah. than we've been at least in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. I'm 43 years old who do you blame that on? Why does it seem like we have so many extremists? There are I th there are extremists on both sides, but I look at the Republican Party and the faces of the party: Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy. 
Um, there are some extreme people on the left as well, but what do you make of where we are at now politically? Well, um, thank you for asking me that. Uh, look, when I I'm sorry, but let okay. me get my phone off. If it's Donald Trump, answer the phone, please. Um, the likelihood of Donald Trump calling it pretty remote. Okay. If it was Carolyn Goodman, you could answer as well. Uh, I can't yeah. get it off. That's okay. No problem. <laughs> anyway, um, back to back to you. Yep. Um, uh, look, somebody asked me, a lot of people ask me, do you miss being in Congress? And I always say to them, I miss being a congresswoman. I don't miss being in Congress. Mm. And the reason for that is exactly what you're saying. That it is so divided and right. so divisive that you can't get anything accomplished. Why would anybody want to be in public office if you're not doing something positive for the yeah. public? And let me tell you the difference since I've been there. Yeah. Now, you know, I got the funding for the VA hospital in North Las Vegas. It, right. My proudest accomplishment. It's a wonderful is that accomplishment. The, it, yep. It's a wonderful facility, yep. and it's doing great things for the 250,000-plus veterans that we have in Southern Nevada. Mm. But I was able to get that approved and got it funded with a Republican administration and a Republican Congress. I love that. A Republican um, secretary of the VA. Why? Because we work together right. for the common good. And good. everybody, once you, you know, once you put laid out the facts of how many veterans I had in the district and no services to speak of, there was no other answer but a Let me yes. Let ask you a question. Can't do that again. But how would you work? I know if you're going to be the mayor, you're not going to have to work with somebody like a Marjorie Taylor Greene. But I'm just wondering, if you take me back, you're a congresswoman. You have to work with somebody like a Jim Jordan or a Marjorie Taylor Greene or a Lauren Boebert. How would you do that? How would Shelley Berkeley do that? Look, you always focus on your goal. What do I want to achieve? And you do what you have to do, of course, within the limits of the law and propriety. What do I need to do? How many votes do I need to get this past and you bring in people. If you need a Jim Jordan, who I agree would be a challenge to work with, <laughs> uh, you do it. If right. you don't need him and right. you could amass enough votes without him, you do that as well. Right. But look, there's going to be on the city council, you've got to count to four. It doesn't matter if you're the mayor or not, you got, you're a yeah. vote. And so you need to have more than just when yeah. you're voting. You have to yeah. establish a relationship with yeah. all of the people you work with and and uh, convince them in a very positive and meaningful way that what you are asking for is for the common good and it's for their benefit as well. Sure. How does this benefit? How does this project in Las Vegas? How does this idea that I have for Las Vegas mm. going to the next level? Mm. How is that a benefit to you? everyone on the city council, and more importantly, the people that we're representing. Yep. That's what you do. Mm -hmm. You have to. Shelly, that's a great thought you have because I believe that we are looking for fair representation in our government, and we're also looking for you all to be proven people to push for people like us who are actual citizens who are on the ground actually living the day-to-day -day lives that you all are affecting. Now, how do you work with those who are in those political parties and get them to see outside of their political parties when coming when making policies? Well, the beautiful thing about being mayor of Las Vegas is it's a non-partisan race. Mm -hmm. It's a non-partisan position. Nobody is going to ask me if I'm a Democrat or Republican if they have a pothole mm -hmm. in front of their house that right. they need to to get 
fixed or the garbage is piling up because they forgot to pick up the garbage in their neighborhood. My job is to make sure that the trains run on time. That's what a mayor does, that you're closest to the people. It's municipal government. You better get things done or you can forget uh, forget your job. So I could talk to you until the cows come home about my frustrations with Republicans, whether it be gun control or no solution uh, replacement plan for Obamacare. Uh, The list goes on and on and on. But I want to give you a few topics that a lot of people Mm -hmm. seem to criticize Democrats on. Um, For example, we were talking about this last uh, segment. Mm -hmm. I'm not transphobic. I am, you know, pro LGBTQ community. But there are some Democrats out there that think if you're born a man transitioned to a woman that you should be allowed to compete against other women. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I think this is such a minuscule issue. Um, Look, I'm going to be, hopefully, if I can convince enough people to vote for me, mm-hmm. what is, uh, what does Las Vegas need? We're a world-class city. What Are we world-class? Is everybody living in Las Vegas benefiting from our success? That's what I'm focused on. Every other issue is noise. So, uh, yes, we could address those issues, but frankly, it has nothing to do with, uh, with um, municipal government and with running for mayor of Las Vegas. I'd like to yeah. talk about the issues that are important. Yeah. Affordable housing, crime, mm-hmm. crime, everyone. I've been meeting with business people and, and uh, my fellow citizens, our fellow citizens alike. Mm-hmm. What are the issues that are keeping you up at night? What's bothering you? Mm-hmm. Homelessness, affordable housing, the economy, always, always important. People need to make a living. And and again, crime, people are worried about that. When I was a kid growing up, never thought for a minute if you were walking from your apartment, because we we lived in the Boulevard Park apartments yeah. on, on Desert Inn in Maryland right. before there was a boulevard across the street. Let's so. talk about that. Let's talk <laughs> about crime for a moment. Okay. Because again, this is another criticism, to be fair, mm-hmm. on you know the border crisis. Um, and we have this story of this man who- uh, yeah. Yes, terrible. Who was, who was uh, deported four times. Yes. I think and he both, kept coming back in. Right, and he killed five people. Yes. Um, there are some that would say, and by the way, I don't think this is a Democrat problem. I think this is an American problem. Republicans it is an and American Democrats. problem. To be very clear, that's my position. But I do believe it's a crisis, and I don't believe past five or six presidents have mm-hmm. done enough. Republican and they shouldn't, you know, let me tell you something, and this really um, fries me. This is the responsibility of the United States Congress. Mm -hmm. When I served in Congress, this issue came up every year. And there was the Gang of Eight and the Gang of Four. And when McCain and, may I say, Lindsey Graham Mm -hmm. were part of the Gang of Eight and uh, Marco Rubio, I mean, we... It's Congress's responsibility to pass laws. Let them pass laws. It's not Obama's. It's not Trump's. Agreed. It's not um, uh, uh, our current president, uh, um, uh, President Biden. Right. It is Congress's responsibility. And they have chosen not to. Why? Because it's a great campaign issue. So we have nobody to blame other than the United States Congress for not doing its job. And that's not the only issue that they won't address. Get it done. Yeah. Pass legislation. See if it works. If it's not strong enough, then you pass more. But you get it done and stop pointing fingers because not one of them is inculpable in this. And shame on them. Shame on I them. I agree, for not and doing I think this. it goes both ways. While this is a horrible, story, horrible. Um, 
as you know, per capita, you're more likely to be the victim of a crime from an American citizen than somebody who's well, yes. undocumented. And I think it, it, that's also a scare tactic. But while- there's no excuse for this man being able to uh, being deported right. and being able to sneak back into our country four times, four times and yeah. then uh, creating this horror for the this family. How yeah. how pitiful is this yeah. and it's congress's responsibility yeah. and it's congress's fault that we have not addressed yeah. the border issue why yeah. because it makes a great campaign issue year yeah. after and by year. the way governor abbott made it made it a point to say this man didn't just kill five people but he wanted to make it a point and say that they were illegal which which has no bearing on their deaths you know it's this one despicable murderer who got into this country. Well, he's conflating two issues. Right. Um, crime. I mean, obviously, I, when I was a kid growing up, as I started saying, you thought nothing of walking from your apartment to the playground, spending the day at the playground, uh, coming back home. You didn't think you were going to get accosted or that there was any fear in that, mm-hmm. uh, going to your friend's house and always walking. I mean, we lived um, near Valley High School, right off of Eastern when I was a kid. Yep. I used to walk over to the Charleston Mall all the time. Right. That's a hefty little walk. It doesn't matter. You never thought anybody was going to harm you. All the kids would right. end up at the Charleston Mall together, sure. and then you'd walk home. Sure, uh, right. Now, I, as a parent and as a grandparent, I'd be very worried to leave my child unsupervised. I agree with you, and that goes to my next topic. By the way, if you're just joining us, she is Shelley Berkeley, former congresswoman who is the uh, already announced that she is going to be running for mayor, the great city here of Las Vegas. Uh, Included with crime, of course, is gun control and all these other issues. October 1, uh, obviously uh, near and dear to my heart. I was Mm -hmm. supposed to be there that day. Over 60 people murdered. And now a new story comes out a little bit more about the shooter. I'm not going to mention his name, but apparently FBI interviews, some excerpts of some of those interviews where multiple friends said that he was so disgusted and angry with the casinos and, and and it was a gambling thing and obviously this is a guy that was evil mental illness whatever you want to call it but i mean what can be done shelly with the all the gun violence across the country not just here in this state across the country what 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 would what can you do again congress needs to do its job i understand the second amendment i understand it. I know it. I've read it on multiple occasions. I'm an attorney by profession. But you cannot tell me that the founding fathers thought it would be okay for 18-year-olds to be able to get an assault rifle. There is no reason for it, none whatsoever. And again, let Congress do its job and pass meaningful legislation that would uh, curb uh, gun violence. And again, do I want to eliminate all gun no, I mean that, that everyone has a Second Amendment right to bear arms, but certainly there should be a limitation to assault weapons that you would only use in a military setting. I agree with you. Uh, I just want to do a follow up to that, which is, what do you say to a Republican? Mm-hmm. Many of them think that harden our schools, more guns are the answer. Arm our teachers, even though they seem to complain and don't trust teachers, and they talk about critical race theory. Yeah, and, yeah, and listen kids. to this. I mean, how uh, how hypocritical is that? You you want all the teachers armed, but you don't trust them to uh, to. Uh, you want to ban books right. and not trust the teachers to determine what the children should be Ridiculous. reading and learning. Yeah. So I don't buy that argument at all. Agree, Shelley. You make a great point about letting Congress do their job, and I completely or, agree. With let you. me uh, like. Congress ought to do their job. We're not letting okay. or not letting okay. them. We're begging and, right, them to do right. it. And, and that still goes into my point. <laughs> what, what's stopping them from doing their job, Shelley, in your I, opinion? Pa- uh, 
politics. I mean, the Republic, frankly, I think the Repu- it polls very, very well in Republican, in the Republican Party not to do anything. <clears throat> and so they're not. But let's use some common sense on both sides of the aisle. You know, you're not going to eliminate all guns. And according to our Constitution, everybody has a right sure. to bear mm-hmm. arms. But there has to be some common sense infused Agreed. in this right. argument so that our youngsters mm-hmm. are involved vulnerable to yeah. some maniac walking in with an AK-47 right. and shooting up their classroom. Agree. And that's another thing. I mean, when I was uh, when I was in school, I mean, the biggest travesty was chewing gum in school. I mean, <laughs> right. oh my gosh. <laughs> We're talking back to the teacher. Oh, Not I, shooting the teacher. Right, no, no shooting right. the teacher, but even, uh, even you know, having uh, not getting your homework in, right. or God forbid, smoking in the, in the girls' uh, mm-hmm. bathroom. Right. I mean, these were the major sin. offenses. Right. Now people are coming to class with guns. Crazy. Nonsense. Now, and it's unacceptable and needs to be dealt with as sternly as possible. Agreed. No more. Shelly, I really appreciate the fact that you're trying to keep a very fair playing field on your political stance and what that looks like for other people who are in power. You made a point earlier that uh, political stance doesn't matter in the mayoral race. So how would you keep your political stance out of things and truly be about the people of Las Vegas? Uh, uh, look, everybody, I was in office for almost 30 years. My and I grew up in Las Vegas. It is very interesting being an adult in the city in which you were raised mm-hmm. because you can't you can't reinvent yourself. This is who you, I was at twelve, right. and this is what I am now. Right. And so there, I have no secrets, and mm-hmm. I have no secrets in my political views as well. Okay. Um, sure. I mean, for, in thirty years, anyone can research. You're a Democrat. Anything. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that if you're a Republican or a Democrat. It's some issues that we right. might agree to disagree Bingo. on. Bingo. I want. And I want to ask you about when I got married, my husband was a Republican. Mm. I mean, we practice practice bipartisanship (laughs) in our home every day. And it worked out for you both? Well, we're still married. It's almost 25 years. Congratulations. Or are you just sweeping out of the rug, Shelly? I think that's awesome. Let's talk about the word democracy for a moment, shall Uh, we? Now, you're running for office again. What do you make? And again, I'm going to talk about Republicans here because let's be honest, they're the ones that are claiming, you know, election integrity and Donald Trump. And we won the, have a lot of it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Donald Trump won the election in a landslide and and, you know, Joe Biden cheated. And then we have January 6th. And here you are running for office again. What do you make of many of these Republicans out there? Let's call it for what it is. I saw a poll that said six out of 10 Republicans still believe that Donald Trump won the 2020 election. As someone who served as a congresswoman, (laughs) what do you make of that? Well, first, a a number of things. Number one, I do not understand why all Americans aren't very proud of our last election and in the middle of a pandemic, how well run it was, very little fraud, certainly nothing that would have changed an election. People voted at record numbers. How amazing is that in the middle of a pandemic? Why aren't we celebrating that as a nation? Um, and there's a segment of our population that only sees the bad. That is not who I am. I never have 
have been. So I think you celebrate your successes. And certainly the way we run elections in this country is one of the things to be celebrating. I can't change their minds if all of the evidence that has come out and the latest Dominion lawsuit against Fox News, if all of that has not convinced people that the election was free and fair, there's nothing I can do or say to make a difference. So I don't need to. Right. And I don't now, have to. I just need to do my job. Right. And Shelly, that's that's a great point that, you know, you want to do your job at a local level as the mayor. Why do you even think that your thought even your your opinion even matters on uh as on a whole for all government, if you're just really trying to focus on Las Vegas? Look, I when I was in Congress, I had a national perspective and the issues that affect our country were very important to me. Now that I'm running for mayor, I think it's important to uh, to focus on local issues that are impacting our and, citizens. And I'm going to get to a lot of those issues, but I'm, I want to bring up one more national Absolutely. issue. Absolutely. That is also a local issue. Did you ever think in your lifetime, Shelley, that we would be talking about overturning Roe versus Wade no. and taking away a woman's Healthcare no. rights. Right. I shouldn't maybe not use the term healthcare, but taking away a woman's right to choose. Some people no. would. What do you make of where we're at right now? I've never understood how this is government's big business. It is a, a woman's right to determine this. I don't. I mean, I women don't say I'm going to get pregnant so I can get an abortion. Mm. It is often the very last thing left for them to do and to take that away to have government interfere in your life i mean the for years and years the government uh, the you know it was the republican stand keep government out of my business keep government out of my life what is more intrusive than uh, than forcing a woman to carry a child to term and then refusing to do anything to help her i mean there's a, once somebody gives birth you know uh, you know there's a prevailing attitude in this country, no health care, no more, uh, you know, no food stamps, no this, no that. So why would you force this woman to carry this mm -hmm. child to term, especially, and we're hearing horror story after horror story of women that have serious medical challenges, and the doctors are afraid to terminate the pregnancy for fear that they're going to get prosecuted. This is unacceptable in the United States of America, where we grew up saying it's a free country. Remember that was that when somebody said something to you, wait a minute, there's a free country. Right. I can say what I want. Right. I can do what I want. Mm -hmm. And now uh, an issue like this that is so personal and so intimate to a family yeah. that the government is interfering with, yeah. I am disgusted by that. I agree with you. Speaking of being disgusted, I have to ask you one more question before we go to break, and then we'll get to some local issues. But <laughs> Oh, I'm let's just, be really disgusting. A, well, uh, <laughs> Donald Trump, I'm going to bring him up here. Uh, as a former congresswoman, you've been doing this a long time. I'm just curious, if you're in a room with Donald Trump, I, I'm not saying you'd want to be in a room with him alone. <laughs> I think many women would attest to that. But if you had a chance to say whatever you wanted to him, I'm just curious, as a lifelong Democrat, what would you say to him? I would not give him the time of day quite candidly. Mm. Um, I, I have no interest in addressing him. I have no, I don't think he is a truthful human being. I don't think he's an honest human being. I think he's a narcissist. And why in heaven's name would I engage him in conversation? He's entitled to be the way he is. 
And if people in this country decide that they want to vote for him, then it is their right as an American citizen to do it. But it is my right not to. Understood. And, and, I, I, and I don't blame you. Okay, I'm I'm the biggest anti-Trumper. But if, in fact, you are the next mayor, mm-hmm. I think you have a very good chance to win. Um, let's just say a Ron DeSantis wins. He wants to come to Las Vegas. He wants mm-hmm. to meet with you. Or... Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Just say he, I don't think that's going to happen, but let's, it, it could. Um, he wants to meet with you. Donald Trump's our next president. I think that would be a nightmare, but that's another mm-hmm. story. Would you, as if he is the president and you're the mayor of Las Vegas, because mm-hmm. Carolyn Goodman has met with Trump, mm-hmm. would you be willing to do that? As a private citizen, I would not. As the mayor of Las Vegas, representing all the people of Las Vegas, I think it would be my responsibility and my yep, job. Understood. Yes. And I tend to agree with you on that. All Thank right. So, Shelly, well. here's what we're, what we're going to do. Uh, by the way, if you're just joining us, she's Shelly Berkeley. She's running for mayor of Las Vegas, former congresswoman. When we come back, I want to ask her more about Las Vegas. We got into a lot of national topics there. People, Obviously, these topics affect people locally as well. Of course. I want to talk to her about Carolyn Goodman. I want to talk to her what she would do day one if she's mayor what would she do differently does she have any criticisms of carolyn goodman all that stuff we're going to get into all the local stuff coming up next uh with shelly berkeley so we'll take a quick break we'll be back right after this you are listening to pushing the limits right here on 107.1 fm 1400 am kshp Everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Hey, everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment, and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams and treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. 
Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. All right, welcome back. It's Pushing the Limits on a Monday. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care. They're located at 6125 West Sahara Avenue. No appointment needed. They take most insurances. If you don't have insurance, only a $95 copay. How cool is that? Give them a call, 702-248-0554. You can also visit them online at saharawesturgentcare.com. If you're just joining us, you've missed a lot. We have Shelly Berkeley, former congresswoman in studio. She's running for mayor. And uh, we talked about a lot of national issues in the last segment. I want to focus a little bit more, Shelly, on local issues. Uh, before we get to policy, I guess I want to ask you a generic question. What do you make of some of these locals like the Michelle Fioris and the Seagal Chattas and the Jim Marchants and the Adam Laxalts. Uh, there, there seems to be a lot of these types of people across the country, but a lot of election deniers, as I like to call them, the MAGAs uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, fortunately, those people that I mentioned, the whoop, what happened there? Fortunately, as I mentioned, uh, they didn't win. But uh, what do you make of that? It's a sign of the times. I mean, that for what for whatever reason, and obviously it doesn't appeal to me, it doesn't appeal to you, um, they are enthralled with Donald Trump. They believe what he's saying. They have bought into this hook, line, and sinker, and they're going to be MAGA supporters from now until the cows come home. I am very happy that it's not a majority of the people here in the state of Nevada. I'm very Mm. proud of our state, and I'm very proud of our fellow citizens. And so, I, you know, they're entitled to their opinion. Yep. As we said, it's a free country. It they're is. entitled to your opinion. Yep. I don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. I don't embrace it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's counterproductive mm-hmm. for our future. Yep. But um, that's their business, not mine. How many times have I said you're entitled to your own opinions, but you're certainly no, not entitled to your, your own, own facts? facts. Right. I say that all the it's time. So true. Right. Let's talk about Carolyn Goodman. I think she, I'm friends with her husband, Oscar. Mm-hmm. I think she's a very nice, kind lady. She means she very well. That. I thought her interview on CNN was disastrous with Anderson Cooper. I thought it was an embarrassment to the city of Las Vegas. And I know that Oscar wants to blame Anderson Cooper for that interview. I don't. I think she was very unprepared and she was she embarrassed the city of Las Vegas with that interview. But what do you make of Carolyn Goodman as a whole? Positives, criticisms, you're running for mayor. How do you think she's done? Uh, well, I've known the Goodmans ever since I was a kid. Um, and I think I told you during the break, um, Oscar was president of the synagogue that I attended as mm-hmm. a teenager. And so I've known both of them. She did a remarkable job in academia. Uh, she ran for this office, has been reelected on two different occasions. And I, 
I, I agree with you. She is a wonderful person, and people like her. Mm-hmm. You go anywhere in town, you go, how do you like your mayor? Mm-hmm. They like her. Now, people are beginning to think that it's, it is time. Uh, she will have served even longer than Oscar. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, between the two of them, they will have devoted 25 years of their life to serving the people of Nevada, I spo- or Southern Nevada and Las Vegas, uh, particularly. When I spoke to Oscar, um, a couple of months ago, a month ago, he told me that in the 25 years they will have served, they've never taken a vacation. Mm. They, uh, they'll take, they'll steal a few days and they'll go to Coronado. That's terrible. I, right. <laughs> They and, eat one. Uh, they, you have to breathe. Well, they're going to have a, you know, they're going to be retiring mm-hmm. and uh, they're quite a pair. But I admire anybody that sure. will devote 25 years of their life to public service. As I said, I, 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 she's a very nice lady. She's done a lot of good things for Las Vegas. I love Oscar Goodman. I've always love been a big him. fan of Oscar. They're a lovely couple. They're very nice. I have nothing negative personally to say about either of them. Yes, I have some criticisms of some of the things she's done or lack thereof as mayor, but as a whole, uh, they're, they're absolutely uh, great people. I know Jamie has some policy questions oh. locally, uh, but let me, let me get to that first before we get to Jamie. Let me, let me ask you this. What do you make of this city, the city of Las Vegas? Uh, uh, it seems like a lot of people from California are moving here. It's one of the, high, the biggest destinations um, in the world right mm-hmm. now. Traffic's getting worse. It There's a lot indeed. of construction. That is uh, there are longer lines everywhere. It doesn't yes. matter whether it's Starbucks or at a gas station. As mayor, what do you do to address those issues of the traffic and the construction? I mean, I was on Summerlin Parkway construction the other night, and I was literally, it took me like an hour to go two miles. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. And I'm in the same position. Yeah. Um, we live up in Summerlin, but the, I don't know what ever possessed me, but I went down the um, Toro has our annual autism event with, uh, with Caesars Entertainment, and the event was at the link because all the little autistic children and their families get to ride the high roller for sure. free and they have a just a most wonderful time uh, thanks to Caesars Entertainment but I don't know whatever possessed me but I decided to go down the Las Vegas strip Oh my gosh, it took me 40 minutes it's to tortured. go two blocks. <laughs> right. And while I know it's not in the city, the reality yep. is we're experiencing that all over. Look, yeah. this is a world-class city. There's no doubt about it. No matter where you go anywhere in the world, you say, about, I think 15 years ago, I was in Jerusalem. I was in Israel with my husband. We're in the back of a taxi. The taxi driver says, where are you from? I said, from Las Vegas. He said, oh, Tarkanian. I mean, everyone knows <laughs> Vegas. If they haven't been here, they yeah. know someone that has. Jerry, not Danny. Uh, yeah, no, it was Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> um, let me ask you this, though. Well, let me say this, Oh, I'm sorry. Though. Go ahead. I yep. mean, we, uh, we're going to have to start acting like a world-class city. Yes. Now, as our, I think the next 10 years are going to be the most successful and explosive in Las Vegas history. Mm-hmm. We are really perched to go to the next level. It's whoever is leading this city. Mm-hmm. And people have to be able to look at you and visualize this is the leader that I want. I yeah. want to collaborate with yeah. all of the city councilmen. It seems that they all do their own thing in their ward. We need a master plan. We need, where are we going to be 10 years from now? What do the citizens of Las Vegas, how do they envision Las Vegas a decade from now? That's where we need to be going and you need to formulate a plan. What's important? Traffic, huge. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up because I want to ask you about uh, if you are the next mayor, uh, the, 
Oakland A's, maybe soon to be Las mm-hmm. Vegas A's, is going to be a topic that you're going to be asked about a lot. Let me ask you about it right now. Do you think this should be a public-funded stadium? What do you think would be a good deal for Las Vegas? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on uh, the Oakland A's at looking like buying this 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 portion of land? Uh, rumors were that they were going to tear down the Rio. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. It's going to be yeah. where the Wild Wild West Casino yeah. used to be. What are your thoughts as a whole on public funding, tax dollars going to this new baseball stadium? And let me give you a little background. At, at the, if you would have told me when I was a kid that the ice hockey would be the hottest thing in Las Vegas, <laughs> right. I would have told you you were out of your right. mind. Right. And then when the um, the Raiders, Raiders yeah. were making noise about coming, and I was I was not I wasn't on the bandwagon. Right. But I have to tell you, after after now being here for a few years, the Golden Knights are one of the best things that ever happened to Las Vegas and the Raiders let's hope they start winning some games and that the draft is really right. positive for them but the reality is I went to a game I, I thought oh my god this I don't even know who they were playing and I don't even care it was great for the there. city I, I just happened to be there I'm happy to be in the space I know I had a wonderful time as, and I looked mm-hmm. around the place was packed every every room in Las Vegas was packed with people mm-hmm. coming in to see the Raiders I said you know what? This is good for us. Right. And so now I I have a different opinion when it comes to the A's. I want the A's here, and in right. a few years, I hope we get an NBA team. But should the stadium be all privatized, or should should taxpayers should, pay some of the brunt? You know, I think it should be a public-private partnership. Okay. And if it's fair to Las Vegas and the taxpayers, and we reap the benefit of having them, right. then of course you reach an accommodation. If right. those things are not in the offing, yeah. forget about it. It. Right. But I think if if the Golden Knights and the Raiders sure. are any indication of what sports teams do for this community, mm-hmm. oh my! I mean, I've been through so many phases. First, it was the Sinatra years, and then it was the Leisure Suit. You ever years. meet Sinatra? Um, my father was a waiter and ultimately the maitre d' at the old Sands Hotel. How about that? My wow. dad had a million stories about oh, Sinatra. I would imagine, though, as you being a, a former congresswoman, you've met a lot of very prominent people in your life. I'm just curious. And they've met me. How lucky for them. How about that? <laughs> but I'm you curious. Turn the story I mean, I mean, we'll get back to locals, but I'm just curious, like, who is the most prominent person that you would say you have met in your life because of who you are? And you kind of had to pinch yourself and say, wow, I can't believe that just happened. Oh, I, I've been pinching myself my whole life. I'm the <laughs> granddaughter of immigrants that couldn't speak English, and they came to America to, es- America right. to escape the Holocaust. So I think of every course. day I'm alive is is gravy for me. Right. And so I spend a lot of time pinching myself. If you would have ever told me that I'd be running two medical schools, right. and they are the most successful medical schools almost in the United States of America, uh, largest medical school in Nevada, again, would have told you you were nuts. I'm doing it, and, right. uh, and I wake up every morning saying oh my gosh no this is I, great. I think that's awesome the the qu- hoodoo, i think yeah. of all the people that i met and they're mostly political people right i i, I would have never imagined that i would have i i've met george bush one oh, wow. george bush two wow clinton obama and um i've never i i have never met Trump as president of the United States. I Lucky wasn't you. in office. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but I, you know, that to me is amazing. Prime ministers and presidents mm. of, of countries, not necessarily countries that I've I was heard that the Bushes, I've heard that the Bushes are, they're classy people. I, 
I have to tell you, I, I have two stories about the Bushes. One is the father. Um, Bush Sr. Yeah. Bush Sr. Um, a man named Sig Rogish, who was a, a huge political operative um, for many, many years in, in Nevada, in Las Vegas, in, in the United States. He arranged, I was in, La, in D.C., and I took my son, Max, who was nine years old at the time. Sig arranged for us to have lunch in the White House. With George uh, Sr. Well, he wasn't supposed to be there. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, he came breezing into the, wow. uh, to the, uh, into the, re- uh, the little restaurant there. Wow. And the minute he sat down, he called my son over and had the nicest conversation with him. Gave, then he called for the photographer. We've Aww. got great pictures of this. He gave him the M&Ms that they give out. Mm-hmm. And my son has this, um, uh, this very interesting mind. But even at nine years old, he knew mm-hmm. all the presidents in a row. Oh, wow. And he, uh, I don't know how, I think Sig told President Bush that Max knew the, all the presidents and and uh, uh, George Bush said, well, you know, name it. Uh, yeah, let's hear you do it. And Max rattled him off in like 30 <laughs> seconds. That's so cool. And then he called cool. over all of his, I mean, he had Brent Scrowcroft, all these right. uh, very high-ranking officials in his administration just yeah. happened to be having lunch with him, called them all over, and, and Max did it again. George Sr. I'm sure that's a memory he would never forget. Decent man. <laughs> a lovely man. A decent man. But even George Bush the second. Now right. politically, obviously, sure. um, I was in office I was obviously in Congress. We did not share um many issues right. we didn't have in mm-hmm. common. He was lovely. And I say that with decent human being, uh, and and always I brought my dad to the White House Christmas party, and now my dad was about ninety at the mm. time, and uh, as soon as George Bush the second saw my dad in line with me, he stopped everything, went over to talk to my dad. That's so cool. And it just had like a five minute. Now the line was out the door of Congress people <laughs> wanting a picture for Christmas, right. but he stopped everything just to be cordial oh. enough with my. And, you know, I see dad. him. I see him at John McCain's funeral, right? And they're sitting with the Obamas, and mm-hmm. I say to myself, "That's what America should be." Well, I okay? agree with they're that. They're getting along with one another. They're smiling with one another. They're, you mm-hmm. know, I think at one point George W. Bush gave Michelle some candy, I and that went viral. Right. And I said, you know what? That's what this country should oh, yeah. be about. And I'm sorry. No, it is not. I don't want to mention the, the, the last it, president again. It is again, very, but very. <laughs> let's move on. And and what a shame because this is not in the best interest of our Agreed. country. So speaking of the best interest, oh yes. If you are elected, mm-hmm. day one as mayor of Las Vegas, what do you do? Well, probably first I would, uh, but I'd be doing this in between the election and the uh, the first uh, meeting I attended. Um, but the first thing I do is sit down with my council. Uh, with a uh, uh, very mindful of the fact everybody's independently elected, but the the mayor is the face of the city, and you have to sit down with your um uh, your fellow elected municipal government workers uh, or elected officials, and you sit down with them and start planning for our future. Mm-hmm. I go before I do anything. I go into each department mm-hmm. of of city government and get to know them so we're on a, uh, a first name basis. Mm-hmm. They need to be comfortable with me. They need to know that I am the leader and I will do anything to ensure their success. Mm-hmm. Why? Because their success is the success of the city. And that's a implementing a master plan that we, again, know where we are going 
how where we are headed and how we're going to get there. And all these little incidental, nonsensical things that we seem to be stuck on, it, not important enough. What's important is the future of the city, making sure that we're successful and that everybody in the community has an opportunity to share in that success. Because if we're doing gangbusters, and I do believe the next 10 years, you're going to construction is, I mean, uh, casinos, building, uh, you name it, it's going to be happening in this city. More professional uh, teams, no yeah. doubt about it, growth, development. Everyone has to get a share of that because if not, then you're not successful. You're just kidding yourself. And it needs to remain a place. Look, I've got a gaming background. I worked for Sheldon Adelson for nine years, but I understand gaming and it still is the engine that drives this economic train. Mm. I understand gaming, but I also for the last 10 years have been on the board of the Las Vegas Global Economic Alliance. What is our job? Yeah. Diversifying the economy, bringing in new businesses. Mm. We have to do that you you made future. you brought up Sheldon Adelson though you had an interesting relationship right there were ups and downs is that uh, fair to well say? it started up and ended down yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean I mean what do you make of uh, of that man his life and his legacy uh, you know he gave me an opportunity when no other gaming establishment would hire me yeah. he he did and in those days, there were very few women in gaming. So I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Sure. At the end, it obviously went sour for a whole yeah. host of reasons that I'm not going to get into. No, now. we don't we, have to get into We that. don't have enough time. <laughs> I know. Um, right. yeah. But the reality is um, it was an experience of a lifetime. Sure. I gained very valuable information and, and knowledge. Sure. And I'm, I'm happy yeah. about it. So, Jamie? I yes. know you have a role. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm, so say, I'm waiting for my space. Go ahead. All right, Jamie. Go Jamie, ahead. Here comes the to, grilling. Here we go. I don't no. know how to, <laughs> go ahead, Jamie. Well, I don't know question? how to move this. So oh, no, you're good. You have to just look at my direction. You don't have to yeah, 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 okay. If you want, you can pretend I'm talking. Yeah, yeah. So you just have to look at my direction. No, that's fine. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, so Shelly, you make a lot of great points, and I really do appreciate the fact that you're all about creating relationships with your constituents and making sure people know who you are on a name basis. You... When you look at your website, do you have a lot of you have four major issues that you want to focus on? It's crime, affordable housing, economic growth, and homelessness. I like to talk about all four, mm -hmm. but I want to start off with affordable housing. Mm -hmm. So I just moved here a month ago, and coming to Vegas, you see that it's very, very, very affordable. I'm going to actually move this. Okay, face boom. You see that Vegas is very affordable, but we're now in a time where the housing market has increased, mm -hmm. and we see that there is no actual rent cap. Mm -hmm. on a lot of the housing structures we have out here. What is your solution to that? Because Rennes is going up. It's affordable now, but it mm -hmm. is going up. Well, it's not affordable for uh, everybody mm -hmm. right now and never will be. But still, we need to do everything we can to help people. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going to tell you a little uh, a little anecdote. Mm -hmm. um, I, when I was in Congress, I was giving out, I had a friend who had a foundation and uh, she gave out children's, a $40 million foundation, toys, uh, clothing, uh, books for children. And I prevailed upon her to donate 150,000 books to the Clark County School District. So she delivered that, they were distributed. But I kept a couple of boxes so that I can distribute them. I went to um, an elementary school behind Samstown and uh, 
um, we distributed the books and because uh, the elder kids were going home. And I was told that a lot of these kids don't have books at their home. Right. And uh, my father was a waiter when I was growing up. We never had any money, right. but we had books. I right. mean, that was very important. It's and important. that's probably why, you know, I'm such an avid reader now. Mm. But um, so after the cameras left and the news people left, uh, the principal gave me a tour of the school. So a little elementary school, very nice. Mm. So we're in and then we go into the playground. Then there's a trailer filled with food, mm. a trailer filled with clothes. I said to the principal, I said, isn't this a little unusual? Mm. She said, well, you know, we have a large homeless population. Mm. I said, how large is your homeless population that you have uh, uh, two trailers filled with clothes and mm. food? 70%. Mm. Think about that. 70% of the little ones mm -hmm. that went to this elementary school had no home to go to. Right. They were either uh, couch surfing or mm -hmm. living in the car or, yep. or who knows where. Mm -hmm. And I began to realize the severity of this issue and, and the, the importance of affordable housing. I mean, I'm worried that they don't have a book in their house. They don't have a house. They right. don't have an apartment. They right. don't have anything. The most important part, somewhere to lay their head safely. Bingo. Right. And so that, that became a tremendous passion of mine. Mm. When we moved to Las Vegas, it was 1963. Mm. A few years there, first we lived in the Boulevard Park apartments before there was a boulevard. Right. And, um, and then, for the first time ever, we owned a home. My mm. dad used his VA loan. Mm. Um, you know, he was a veteran from World War II, had never used it before because we could never afford a house. Right. Um, we, and they were the cinder block homes right next to Valley High School. Mm. That was my first home. The d difference that it made in my family mm. and our history mm. made all the difference in the world. Right. We owned something. We belonged mm. here. We were part of the community. Right. Every family who wants that should be able to afford it. Now, how do you actually see a plan to make that affordable for everybody? Well, there's a number of things. I'm working with a group that um, are, I, I don't know how else to describe this, but are very anxious in developing the tiny homes. They're mm. six, seven hundred yeah. square feet. Um, I've been inside a few of them, mm. and it is amazingly roomy for that small of a home. It is, but it's working for them. Mm. The other thing is that there's got to be ways that the city can provide um, tax breaks mm. uh, for uh, developers that are building so that their costs are lower, mm. and consequently the course that they or what they charge to buy the home right. is going to be affordable. Mm -hmm. And so there are ways to be working with uh, with developers, with people that have a very inventive I solutions mm -hmm. to this. And you, uh, as the mayor, you set the tone. Right. This is something that's important to me. I want everybody that can... Uh, that can afford a home and wants a home mm. to be able to do so. Mm. And I think with that, it, it's, it's something that the mayor does in conjunction with the city councilman. Mm. This is important to your city leaders that we ensure that people that live here have the opportunities that I had when yeah, I was Shirley, growing you up. You make a great point that you want to make it fair for everybody. As somebody who is technically a part of a minority group, you should understand the nationwide minorities are the ones who are affected by homelessness. They're the yeah. ones who are able to afford houses. They're not. The, they're the mm -hmm. ones who aren't getting the tax breaks and being able to, to get accepted for loans. And other cities like Los Angeles, where I just came from, we see that there's actually rent control there. Mm -hmm. 
Is that something you think you could bring to Las Vegas? Well, I know that they're considering that up at the legislature right now, and I don't know what's going on. Um, but I do know this is a very important issue for the culinary union. Mm. Um, they've spoken to me about it, but I'm going to let the current elected officials mm. make that determination okay. right now. Okay. Um, and they can decide what we're going to do. You, do. Do you actually agree with rent control? Are you with it or against it? I'm, I'm neither. Okay. I'm right now. I just haven't made a decision yet. I need okay. to have all the facts and I haven't. I okay. don't have all the facts. All right. um, let me mention something else, though, and it's about the homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, th- these are some interesting factoids that people need to know about. 40%, and you know, I used to sit on the Veterans Affairs Committee in, in uh, Congress, mm-hmm. 40% of the homeless are veterans. Mm-hmm. You know what that tells me? Tells me that we don't do a very good job transitioning people exactly. from military life back to civilian life. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they're just about to get out of the military, we inundate them with all sorts of information. Right. They're, they want out. They want right. to go home to their loved they ones. They want to lives now. Now, but six months later, that's when all the issues arise. And we don't do a very good job with that. So homelessness, federal issue, Mm -hmm. state issue, Mm -hmm. county issue, city issue. It's time that we all uh, sit down and figure out what we're going to do with the homeless mm-hmm. population. A very good friend of mine is the head of the um, rescue mission. Okay. I sat down with her. I said, Heather, I said, if I could raise a ma- uh, wave a magic wand, what would you, uh, what would you need for me to help you with the homeless problem? Mm-hmm. She says, you better build a, ho- uh, a, a mental health facility mm-hmm. because many, uh, many yes, have, have, uh, have serious mental health yeah, and drug issues. They no haven't do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, Let's recognize, let's recognize what the issues are and address them so we can get people off the streets. Business people, this is a tourist town. Nobody wants to step over homeless people. But on the other hand, you want to be humane. It's not not sightly, but it's also we want to be humane and make sure that we're helping them out. Of course. And moving, uh, you know, I think this is, you know, just get them off the sidewalk. That's geography. Mm -hmm. That doesn't do anything to help the the homeless challenge. I know that you do have, you have a 130 hard stop and I want to make sure I give it back to Brian. You've already touched on homelessness. You touch on affordable housing. I want to touch on crime with you mm-hmm. right now. We do know that Las Vegas is an open carry city. What do you believe about having open carry and actually trying to crack down on crime? Do you think that those things can go hand in hand as it pertains to having open carry and still cracking down on crime? Um, I, I was uh, talking during the break. I have a wonderful relationship with our new sheriff. I like his brand of policing. Mm-hmm. I've worked with him in the past when I was in Congress and then when I was at Toro. Uh, I am still at Toro, but uh, we, uh, Toro is training all four thousand metro offices in disaster medical mm-hmm. um, uh, medical trauma. Yes. Um, I, I know that Kevin and I will be able to sit down yeah. and work together to create an environment where we can do everything we can, not eliminate crime, it's never going to happen, right. but make this a hospitable uh, community where people aren't worried about sending their children out to play in the playground. Right. And that's what I intend to do. Sure. And, and you know, Kevin is a reasonable guy. Yes, he is. He's a smart guy. He's likable. He's fair. And those are the attributes, and I voted for him, by the way. Those are the attributes that I want to see in a sheriff. Uh, I agree with you, yeah. and I voted for him, too. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you're very likable as well. Yes. I'm, sure the, I'm sure the extreme right doesn't like you, but they don't like me either. Trust me, Shelly. But uh, listen, in, in, all, well. in all truthfulness, though, uh, I think you'd be a great mayor. 
Listen, Victoria Seaman is going to come in studio as well, and I'll pick her brain. But uh, I think you'd be a great mayor. You're welcome back anytime. I appreciate it. And let me say something. And I thank you so much. This was just terrific. Mm -hmm. But uh, for all my friends on the far right, far left, in the middle, doesn't matter your party affiliation. They do know this. There, nobody works harder in public office than I do. Sure. And if they want somebody that's competent, that's got experience and background to get the job done, mm-hmm. they're going to vote for me. And it doesn't matter what their mm-hmm. uh, their current philosophy is. Sure. Uh, you don't need a Republican or a Democrat if you're going to need your potholes fixed in your street. Right. That's what that's what a mayor does, and that's what I'm all about. Couldn't agree. I'm with not you. all about potholes. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I am. Wait no, a but uh, but no, I, I appreciate. That and I think uh, most reasonable people would probably agree with what you just said. I certainly do. Well, Shelley, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank, Thank you, you so much so for being here. Thanks you're, a lot. You're guys. welcome back anytime you like, and, and I'm sure we'll, we'll hopefully get get you back on. Certainly, we're a little ways away before the elections, but we'll definitely get you half. back on. Yes, yeah. yes. But uh, never too early, right, to talk about policy and, and what things you would do maybe right. differently. And, and I appreciate your perspective, Shelley Berkeley. Thank you so much for being Thanks here. Thanks a million. Thank you so much. Appreciate you being here. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Don't be afraid of the mic. We're going to take a quick break. It won't bite you. And uh, well, uh, Donald Trump might, but but the but the, the mic, mic won't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we got a lot of sports to get to here on Pushing the Limits. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on 107.1 FM, 1400 AM KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Hey, everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment, and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement, and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and the latest lines on every game. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards on every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino, Fiesta Wildfire, or the El Cortez. Details at the Sportsbooks.
Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Sapphire Pool and Day Club, the world's only topless gentleman's day club, introduces its 2023 pool season lineup with a bevy of beauties and social media celebrities throughout the summer who will all host alongside hundreds of Sapphire's topless poolside entertainers. Enjoy brunch in the sun with items like frittata-style omelets, stripping chicken, and French kiss toast before washing it down with signature summertime cocktails. Ten lines beware, go bear! Ladies are welcome to go topless within the day club for the ultimate party. Guests can purchase affordable day bed packages, cabana packages, lounge chairs, and more. The best part, though? Pushing the Limits will be broadcasting shows every other Friday throughout the pool season with a ton of surprise celebrity guests. Wow! Reserve your spot now. For more info, visit sapphirepoollv.com or call 702-869-0003. That's 702-869-0003. See you at Sapphire. The Farmer's Burger from Farmer Boys. Beef, bacon, cheese, hand-smashed avocado, and fresh veggies. Best burger champ. That's how we drop the mic. Farmer Boys, farm food ain't fast food. Farmer Boys' new always crispy fries stay crispier and tastier all the way home. If they make it home, sharing is caring. Farmer Boys, farm food ain't fast food. Alright, uh, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits. You know, I we got Jamie here wearing these. He loves these Pushing the Limits shirts. I like yeah, them. it's marketing, right? I like, I like them too. No, so. you think they're corny. You even said it on Friday. Little, this is so tacky, so tacky. corny. It's no, tacky. it's because it's not tacky. <laughs> we have pride in what we do. Well, that's the shirts are cute. There's nothing wrong with pride. Uh, speaking of pride, my favorite gaming bar. It's pride phobic. <laughs> Jackson's Bar and Grill. Uh, they got some, uh, they're located at uh, Flamingo. Uh, in Jones, and they've got some great promos for May. Uh, I gotta say, these are my favorite promos they've had so far. You could win up to $3,000 in free play on Wednesdays. If you earn 200 points, you get to uh, spin the wheel. If you earn another 300 points, you get to spin the wheel again. And uh, you can win up to three grand, man. Pre- pretty cool stuff. And then they have awesome. bounce back weekend. This is a great promo, too. If you earn 1,500 points on Friday, the next day, you get $100 in free play. How cool is that, man? Great promos for the month of May at Jackson's Barn Girl. Please check them out. Tell them I sent you my favorite gaming bar in town. All right. So, you know, uh, the October 1 shooting is obviously near and dear to my heart, uh, and so is VGK. The reason why I bring that up is because uh, I went to a, a Vegas Golden Knights preseason game with uh, a friend of mine on October 1, and if mm. I didn't go to the preseason game, I probably would have been at the Route 91 uh, Festival where over 60 people died. Um, mm. 
And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because there's new information in regards to this shooting. We always wanted a motive. I always wanted a motive. And I said to myself, you're probably never going to get a motive. This was a crazy, demented individual that wanted to kill as many people as possible before eventually taking his own life. But there is a little bit new information that's come out um, on the shooting. What we've learned in hundreds of pages of documents that have been made public online this week is Mm -hmm. the FBI interviewed several of of his friends, the shooter, Mm -hmm. to learn that um, in the months before the October 1 shooting, Mm-hmm. Uh, one person very close to him said that uh, he was very upset at the way casinos were treating him and other high rollers. Uh, in another interview, expressed that he was personally upset and stressed out about the treatment he and other high rollers received in recent years and believed the stress could have easily caused this person to, quote, snap. Now, mm-hmm. in no way, shape, or form am I blaming casinos for murdering innocent people. But it is interesting that we're now learning about this several years later. Mm. I'll tell you why, Jamie. So, because casinos don't want this information to come out. Mandalay Bay doesn't want this information to come out because then it's cause and effect and it puts a bad rap on gambling. Because oh, now, so? Well, because he said it himself. His friend said it himself that he was very frustrated at the casinos. Mm. He was frustrated at the way uh, he alleged that. Uh, the casinos were treating high rollers. That's mm. never a reason to go and kill innocent people. But this it's, is not a story that casinos want. Because let's be honest. When do you hear of casinos talking about compulsive gambling? Mm. When do you hear casinos talking about how gambling could lead to depression? It could right. lead to this. It could lead right. to that. The casinos don't want you to know about this stuff. But when you're talking about these topics, I have two questions. I want I want to ask this, but I do have another question I want to ask before you move on. So please keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about this we're seeing that yes, the 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 motive behind this was because he was treated unfairly at these casinos. Well, However, why does that matter in this sense? Because I mean, everybody gets treated unfairly at different businesses. How is this going to actually affect the casinos itself? Okay, so there's a couple different things there when it comes to the casino. First of mm-hmm. all, Mandalay Bay was sued. Mm-hmm. They paid out a lot of people. Why they were sued? Why? Okay, uh, yeah, I'm getting to it because. First of all, there were a lot of different reasons. Number one, security. Mm. He was able to go through an employee elevator multiple times and bring Mm. guns up there. Mm. Um, So that's number one. Number two, uh, the reaction. Uh, Security, Mandalay Bay failed, in my personal opinion, that Mm. day. I agree. Are they solely responsible? No, the person that's really solely responsible is the person that pulled the trigger, sadly. But um, there were things that Mandalay Bay could have done differently that maybe, I say maybe, could have prevented this from happening. Now, as far as treating, listen, this was a degenerate gambler mm-hmm. who had a history of mental illness in his family. Clearly, he was mentally ill as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, well I, I believe it was his father that was a pedophile, one of his brothers. His father was a lifelong criminal. This was a family that was mentally ill. But as a whole, gambling, compulsive gambling, mm-hmm. is a big problem in this city. Mm-hmm. It's a big problem anywhere, but particularly here. And I'm not sure people do enough to help people that have mm. those types of issues. Clearly, this man was a disgruntled, degenerate gambler. Yeah, but that's not what they're focusing on. They're not focusing on him being a compulsive gambler. They're focusing on the fact that he felt that he was being treated unfairly by these businesses, these casinos, if you will. And what I'm trying to get at is, without saying boo-hoo, why, well, like, who cares in that sense? Like, who cares that you weren't getting treated fairly in these casinos? Here's what bothers me about this. What bothers okay. me about this is we should have known about this years ago. And I believe the casinos did, uh, did throw it under the rug. We okay. don't want people to know about it. That's what bothers me about this. Mm. We deserve to know. We shouldn't have found out many, many years later. We're talking uh, six years later. Mm. So that's my big. We deserve to know a motive? Uh, well, listen, we're never going to know for sure. But right. here's what we do know. Again, 
a guy that clearly was mentally ill that was evil, a guy mm. that had mental illness in his family, a guy that was living probably not the most healthiest lifestyle. He was gambling a lot. Mm. He was a slot player. He probably was losing a lot of money. Mm -hmm. There are people, that, oh, professional gambler. No, the guy was playing video poker. He wasn't a professional gambler. Mm -hmm. He was probably losing boatloads of money. Mm -hmm. Maybe he wasn't getting a return that he wanted. He was a disgruntled gambler. The so that's what I'm trying to get at. Why, why should we feel anything behind that? He put himself in that situation. Yes, we, we so want to have mental, we don't have resources to victims, help people. I'll tell you why. Because the victims' families wanted answers. They okay. wanted a motive. We may even never get an exact motive but the families deserve to know this information years ago it shouldn't have come out online mm. now so if, if you if you were affected by this would i this, was my no, friend no, was no. shot I'm i mean sorry. i mean i was i'm sorry yeah, to hear that i still am I'm, I'm sorry to hear yeah, that yeah yeah now okay well let's use that is that example then does this does this give you clarity public information this information by the fbi should have come out years ago I believe partially the reason why it hasn't come out mm -hmm. and the reason why Joe Lombardo was not forthcoming with a timeline mm -hmm. uh, is because, in my personal opinion, the relationships with the casinos that make a lot of money, mm -hmm. they don't want the casinos to be portrayed in a bad light. Mandalay Bay, did not that they handled, to to cover that up that Mandalay Bay did not handle this as well as they should have, Jamie. Mm -hmm. And that is where my frustration lies. I don't blame the you, casino for what happened. Uh, I'm angry mm -hmm. at not this information not coming out sooner. And, and I hear you, and I agree with you. You should have the resources and the and the knowledge at your at right. your at your grasp, so you can have that. Right. But what I'm asking you, which you haven't answered yet, is this: since you are technically affected by this, does this give you clarity? No, it gets me frustrated. So so great. It gets you frustrated. Why? Because this information could have should have come out sooner. It's been six years. But okay, so you're not answering my question. Whether it came out now or six years ago, you have the information right in front of you now. Is it giving you clarity? Clarity as far as what? So we know why he, quote unquote, we, this is a reason why he may have done it. Does this make you feel better about it? Uh, I think it's, it's, uh, if I lost a family member, uh -huh. it would have given me maybe a little bit more closure, understanding that while we never might never know, an exact motive of why he did this. Hmm. We have a better understanding maybe of what was going through his mind at that time. Now, is that giving him sympathy now? No, absolutely not. That's we, what it sounds like. We have an understanding of motive. Uh, why okay. did he do this? Disgruntled gambler okay. with mental illness hmm. snapped. And I, that, now we, when now we have a better understanding and there were hmm. a lot of people with conspiracy theories hmm. and I don't like to give them the time of day, but even yeah, some people, them. idiots that were on the air in this town that mm. said that, first of all, Muslims were responsible. Wayne oh. Allen Cook said that on the air, has yet to apologize for it. That right. was not the case. Multiple shooters. There's mm. no evidence that there was multiple shooters. You're no better than Alex Jones. There's literally zero evidence. And there are idiots out there like mm. Mindy Robinson who have uh, done these documentaries claiming that this was an inside job and there were multiple shooters and this and that. There's no evidence. So to, when you to say, when you say that. things of that nature, I, wholeheartedly believe that it's important to have the clarity on the motive so that we can actually have yeah. knowledge on it and stop having conspiracy theories being spewed out there by that's right another frustration and other, i have and that's why more of this information should have been put out earlier that's mm. where my frustration so comes this goes from. back to my question i want you to keep in mind is now that we have a motive why does well, it not really we sort of okay so we sort of have a motive yeah. okay well we don't have anything else so i'm just gonna say now that we have this as a possible motive what is this gonna do because when we have these other mass shootings, sure. we hear the motives behind them or possible motives. We oh. never truly see solutions behind them. Yeah. So, for example, are we going to see better treatment from casinos? Are we going to see mental health resources given to those who are degenerate gamblers and so on? Yeah. Well, it starts with him uh, going up uh, an employee elevator multiple times with bags that were clearly at the time they didn't mm -hmm. know filled with guns. 
Uh, that can't happen. There needs to be better security. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't mean we should be able to uh, confiscate every bag. Mm-hmm. That ever, that's impossible to do. But I think Mandalay Bay has done have changed some policies, mm-hmm. and that's why they had to pay out some of the victims' families. Uh, that's number one. Number two, this information needs to come out sooner. Six years later is completely unacceptable, and it's mm-hmm. disrespectful to the families of those that have lost their lives mm-hmm. and uh, and every person that was affected by this. So those mm-hmm. are the two main things for me. As far as treating people better, no, that's absurd. I mean. This guy was mentally deranged. Right. And, but and that, that's what they're focusing on. They're focused on the fact that he was mistreated by these hotels. And I'm not saying that's right. You should never be mistreated by anybody. But that's it feels like a boo-hoo sob story. Like, okay, no, boo-hoo. He got he, it's not he, about, didn't, he didn't get the, the, the best suite in the hotel. Okay, who I'm not, cares? I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not focusing on that. I'm yeah. focusing on the fact that this information should have come out earlier. Mm-hmm. And I'm focusing on the fact that Mandalay Bay could have done a much better job, not necessarily in treatment of a of a degenerate mm-hmm. gambler. But not allowing somebody to go up an employee elevator with a bunch mm. of guns that were in mm. bags at and the time. Let me ask you this. You're saying Mandalay Bay, but are, are we not focused on the people who are working that day? Why are we not focused on the people who were there? Because when you say Mandalay Bay. Well, they have. They, I know people have lost their job. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there were, So why, why are you focusing on Mandalay Bay? For example, you could have had a job and you could have just been the one who wasn't paying attention or being the, well, the generator upstairs. It's policies. And I think they could have done a much better job. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think the... Uh, while nobody expects someone to shoot a bunch of people from, you know, a, a window that was on what the 31st floor, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, somewhere around there. Uh, at the same time, I think Mandalay Bay could have handled it better. And that's why that, uh, they were sued and that's mm-hmm. why they had to pay some people out. So anyway, uh, that's the story. And, uh, that's what we're going by. I have to say on a, on a lighter note, it's a hard transition to make from, mm-hmm. but I did bring up VGK hockey. Uh, Edmonton won. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights will be playing Edmonton in game one at home on Wednesday. Uh, and then Friday. And uh, so those are going to be the first two games. I think most of VGK fans would say they would have rather them play L.A. Edmonton's a very good hockey team. They're about a minus 160, minus 170 favorite to win the series. This is going to be a really tough series for the Vegas Golden Knights to win. Uh, I gave my prediction. I told you they would beat Winnipeg. I thought it would go six games. It went five. Do, uh, credit to uh, the Knights. But this is a very different team, a much better team with somebody by the name of Connor McDavid. And I think this is going to be a very difficult, even though the Knights have home ice. But I have to tell you, never have I seen two Game 7s go the way they went in the NHL playoffs mm. until yesterday. That was a crazy day. Uh, let's start with the Bruins. Uh, they're in Game 7. At home, most people and odds makers said the Bruins were the odds-on favorites to win the Stanley Cup. They lose in Game 7 at home. Mm-hmm. And yet you have to give credit to the Florida Panthers. I mean, I grew up with the Florida Panthers and John Van Beesbrook back in the day. Uh, this is a huge win, mm-hmm. a huge upset. The number one seed overall, the mm-hmm. team that most people thought were going to win it all. I didn't. I thought the Colorado Avalanche were the team that were going <laughs> to win it all. They also lost in Game 7 at right. home yesterday. Um I don't even want to look at the odds, but if you had a $100 two-team parlay money line mm-hmm. uh, and you took the Florida Panthers and the Seattle Kraken, you would have won a lot of money. Right. And I didn't do that. Um, after the Bruins lost, I said, there's no way the Avs are going to lose game seven, right? Hockey's a weird sport. A couple bounces. You let it uh, don't go your way. Let, let a team stick around. And uh, uh, this is a disaster for the Bruins. Not saying it's not a disaster for the Avalanche. This is a disastrous loss. Why? Because there are key players on the Bruins that are probably going to be retiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a bad, bad, bad loss. I mean, I, I try to compare this to, what do I compare this to? Um, I don't know, the number one team over, I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks lost in the first round of the NBA Finals as well, but I think this is much worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, really, really uh, interesting Game 7s yesterday, another Game 7, switching to the NBA, Jamie. Mm-hmm. 
is the Golden State Steph Warriors. Curry? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was uh I mean, this is this will go down as one of the best performances in the history of the NBA in a game yeah. seven. I mean, this yeah. is when you score fifty points and you take over the game in the second half. Let's mm. be honest, at halftime, this game was very tight. And then all of a sudden, Steph Curry said, okay, this ain't happening. And, and, and again, it was on the road. Okay, you're in mm-hmm. Sacramento in game seven. Not mm-hmm. the easiest place in the world to play. And all due respect to Sacramento, the defense was terrible. It was mm-hmm. a mixture of both. Steph Curry making a lot of difficult shots and and them forgetting defensive assignments. Um, Sacramento's going to be really good. They're very young. They're going to be fine. This is a great year for them to get back into the playoffs and take Golden State to a game seven. But this is a monumental historic performance. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry, hands down, before this game, best shooter of all time. But now he's going to go down in the conversation of first ballot Hall of Famer anyway. But now we're talking about one of the best players of all time. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's a top five player, but he is going to go down as one of the best players of all time just after this game. This yep. was a monumental game. Yeah. 50 points on the road. This is the first time in the history of game sevens in general. Yeah. So that's great. This is, you know, and there's a lot of staff haters out there. I'm not one of them. The guy is an unbelievable talent. He's mm-hmm. the best shooter of all time. Mm-hmm. He took the team under his wings yesterday and what a second half he had and Sacramento just had no answers. So congratulations mm-hmm. to uh, the Golden State Warriors, but let's move forward now because we're going to be talking about this this week. Mm-hmm. Two rivals, you couldn't ask for anything better if you're the NBA, right? The Golden State Warriors versus the LA Lakers mm-hmm. <laughs> in the second round. And we're not right. even talking about the Western Conference Finals, the second round. And this is going to be a lot of fun. Why? Because there's sure. so many different storylines, right? Yeah. You have the Lakers, and LeBron's not getting any younger. He's 38. <laughs> Stop calling this um, man old. <laughs> well, he is from a standpoint of uh, you know where he's at in his career. But at yeah. the same time, you have a healthy Anthony Davis. Mm. You don't want anybody getting hurt in this series, right? Steph Curry's healthy. LeBron James is healthy. Anthony Davis is healthy. This is going to be a very interesting series which i if i correct me if memory serves me right game one is thursday Mm -hmm. am i right game one is thursday um i lean and i can't believe i'm saying this but i'm gonna lean towards the lakers Mm. and the reason why i do is because looney is a great player for the golden state warriors he had a phenomenal series huge impact draymond green phenomenal impact physical player I just think that Anthony Davis is going to have his way in this series, and I think they're mm. better underneath the basket, and LeBron is going to probably risk his body a little bit here and take the ball to the hoop a little bit. I don't know. I just I get the sense that I just I feel like the Lakers are going to win. That's just that's just my personal opinion, um, Jamie. I don't know what your thoughts are, but that that's my personal opinion on this series. I mean, I'm gonna what's go going on here? What game one is when? Tomorrow. Oh, okay. I, say, wait. I thought game one was Thursday, and that makes sense because I don't think they would wait and give teams that much rest. So actually, there's not a lot of rest for the Golden State Warriors. That's another factor. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Lakers haven't been able to rest a little bit, and Golden State had to do whatever they needed, to, you know, whatever they they had to do to win. Um, so I don't know. That those are my thoughts on the series. I I I do think the Lakers win, um, and I think a lot of people are going to disagree with you me. Think on the that. Lakers going to take it all? No. No, I didn't say that. I, 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 <laughs> I have just, to ask, though. I just think they're going to beat Golden State. Now, I could be okay. wrong on this, and I'm going to look at the odds as we're speaking right That's now. That's what I'm doing right now. On what the odds are in the series. Um, and uh, you're right. The game is Tuesday at 7.05, and uh, the Warriors are big favorites to win game one. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, I wouldn't be comfortable taking uh, the Golden State Warriors in year one. But if we uh, take a look at the actual series price, 
Warriors are, are, are a favorite, minus 150. I like the Lakers in this series. I get the sense that the Lakers are going to win. I could be wrong, but I, I like, I like the Lakers to win this series just because I think the Steph Curry's not going to score 50 every game. Um, Clay Thompson's going to need to be better. Draymond Green is going to have to be Draymond Green and cause troubles underneath the basket. And I don't know, can Looney guard Anthony Davis? Uh, mm. Looney's going to have to come out there and guard Davis uh, with the mid-range game. I, I, that's the key to this series. If you ask me what the key is to the series, it's Anthony Davis. Davis is going to have to score 30. Mm. Davis is going to have to be Anthony Davis. He's going to have to be the Anthony Davis that we've been accustomed to seeing in the past. To me, that is the key to the series. LeBron's going to score his points. Steph Curry's going to score his points. Klay Thompson's going to have to be that guy that's going to have to score, but... I just feel like the X factor in this entire series is how well Anthony Davis plays and can he remain healthy. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of um how I feel about this series. But boy, we were um we had the luxury of watching some great sports yesterday and over the weekend, man. This was a lot of fun. Game seven in the NBA is always fun. Uh can you ask for anything more in the NHL than a game seven that goes to overtime? Mm-hmm. Can you ask for anything more than that? I mean, it was phenomenal. You know, it, it was great. And the Colorado series was phenomenal as well. Mm-hmm. But now the Vegas Golden Knights have a, an opportunity to go above and beyond. I think most people would say the expectation for the game, Vegas Golden Knights is get to the playoffs, beat a team that you're better than in Winnipeg, which they did handily. Mm-hmm. But now you're playing against a team that you're not favored to beat, even though you have home ice in the Edmonton Oilers. And I hate to say this because I, I obviously I want the Knights to succeed and they've had a great year. This is a really difficult task for them. I right. think Edmonton is the better hockey team. I think they're going to struggle against Edmonton just from the physicality standpoint. I hope I'm wrong. But I think Edmonton beats the Vegas Golden Knights. You I think do. so? Yeah. And then I think that, well, they're the favorite. And I think that um, this NHL now Stanley Cup playoffs is wide open. Mm-hmm. Because you had the top two teams, in my opinion, in the league, and the Boston Bruins and the, and the Colorado Avalanche that are now done. They're gone. You have the Kraken in round two. You have the Florida Panthers in round two. This is a very unique situation. Mm-hmm. And I tend to think that there are still plenty of good teams out there, that Edmonton has a very good chance of winning the whole thing. I think they're a Stanley Cup contender, no question. Now, if Vegas does and exceeds expectations and they're able to win this series, then uh, absolutely that's on the table as well for the mm-hmm. Knights. But I think the winner of this series would not surprise me if they won the whole thing. Um, but anyway, game one is Wednesday mm-hmm. at home. Game two is Friday. Are you going? Uh, I plan to. Ooh. Yeah, I would like to. I plan to. I want to go. We're going to have to wait and see uh, <laughs> what... Uh, what transpires here? I want to have something to talk about. <laughs> yes. Uh, we have a Cohen coming in studio tomorrow, but not Michael Cohen, Donald Trump's attorney. Uh, not, not that type of Cohen, but uh, one, of my, one of my favorite comedians uh, here in town this week. He's going to be joining us in studio tomorrow. We have a lady who wrote a book about George Soros who thinks that George Soros has taken over uh, everything and anything that's politics. Uh, she has a new book out. She, she's going to be joining us on Wednesday. So that should be interesting. On Thursday, Timothy Treffinger, attorney who could be our next DA, uh, he's going to be joining us in studio with the very all, always very animated Mac Miller, uh, who joined us at Sapphire. He's going to be joining us on Thursday. So a lot of special guests Love it. joining us, Jamie, for the uh, remainder of the week. So it should be interesting. Very interesting. Week. Yeah, but I do appreciate Shelly Berkeley coming in studio. That was a lot of fun meeting her for the first time. I've never met yeah. Shelly Berkeley before. She had, so a lot that, of great, she had a lot of grace. That could be the next mayor 
We're going to get Victoria Seaman in studio here, one of her opponents who's going to be running for mayor as well. Uh, we're going to be getting her in studio as well, Jamie. But uh, that's a wrap, man. It's been a fun show as yeah. always. And uh, we will uh, give out our socials real quick, Jamie, before we go. Yeah, make sure you all follow us on all of our social media platforms at PTL Radio Show. That's P-T-L-R-A-D-I-O-S-H-O-W. I am responding back to the comments live on our YouTube page. So please join us over there as we're live on air every Monday through Friday from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. PST. There you go. There you have it. All right. Uh, so for JBD, I'm Brian Shapiro. We'll be back in 22 hours, everybody. I hope everybody has a fantastic Monday. And we will see you tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. Peace out.